So the big question is this. How are gigging musicians like us, who don't make any money streaming, who are spending money from our own pockets, how do we treat our music careers as online businesses in a way that lets us get our music and the things we believe in out to the world, yet still remain profitable? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Jared Judge, and welcome to the Gigging Musician Podcast. What's up, Gigging Pros? This is Jared Judge. Welcome to another episode of the Gigging Musician Podcast. All right, I am just on my way home from a public gig, which some of you might be surprised to hear me say that because I don't play a lot of public shows. You know, I'm typically the private event guy. I play corporate events, weddings, nonprofits, private parties. But today I played at an event called Art on the Farm, which was sponsored by a city in Colorado. And it was in a small little farm that was actually somebody's backyard. Um, it was a super fun event. It paid 300 bucks, and I'm fine being transparent about that. I wish more musicians were transparent about how much they're getting paid. So 300 bucks for three hours of music. It was 1 to 4 p.m. And then I also got tipped 126 bucks on top of that. So all in all, $426 gig for three hours of music. It averages over 100 bucks an hour, which is great. And I feel so blessed that I got that gig because, well, for a public gig, I know that getting, you know, 426 bucks per person is not typical. You know, I speak with a lot of musicians and they say getting 100 bucks a man is, is more common. But this was great. You know, I'm a solo musician, so I don't have other musicians to pay. It was my solo electric violin act. And so 100% of that money goes to me, aside from the percentage that goes back to the company as the, the profit margin to reinvest in marketing. Which, by the way, if you're not taking a percentage of your gigs and reinvesting it into the company of the band, which, yes, your band or your solo act is a company, remember, we treat our music careers as businesses on the Giggy Musician Podcast. If you're not giving a percentage back, then you are fast-tracking your music career into bankruptcy. Because, let's face it, you do pay for things as a musician, you pay for your website, you can pay for equipment, you pay for repairs, you pay for marketing, and you got to have some money for that. So that's kind of a small mini rant right there. I wanted to share a little bit about this gig and what made it special, because I really enjoyed playing it. And it actually kind of makes me want to play more public events. And I know that I'm probably not going to get $300 face for uh, future public events often. But I'll, I'll keep trying, you know, never hurts to try. So anyway, this gig came to me because I, one of my marketing strategies is to list myself on all of those online platforms. You know, I, I do advocate and preach omnipresence, which is being everywhere. You know, as a musician, you got to market yourself. Like we are all in agreement about that, right? And so the best way to do that is by putting yourself out there everywhere. And one of the ways to do that is through these online directories. This specific gig came from Thumbtack, which Thumbtack is decent. It's hit or miss. So, you know, I can't guarantee that if you sign up for Thumbtack, you'll make a ton of money on it. Thumbtack is an interesting platform. Those of you who are on it already know this, but those of you who are not, Thumbtack operates on a bidding system, which I don't really like bidding systems. But when somebody reaches out to you, which, by the way, you have to set up a profile on Thumbtack first. Upload your photos, your videos, write some text, 
about who you are as a musician and why are you most qualified to play somebody's event. So you put your profile on there and then people search for a certain artist or they search for a certain type of act and then they get search results. So you want to show up as close to the top as possible, which you can do that by optimizing the text on your profile and also by responding quickly. They do prioritize that. And then when somebody reaches out to you, you actually pay Thumbtack for each lead that reaches out to you. And I paid as low as like $3 per lead. And then I've also paid as high as like $78 per lead. The amount they charge, they have a, a formula for it. I don't know exactly what it is, but a big portion of it is related to the length of time they say that the gig will take because they assume that you'll get paid more for longer gigs. So I do have my, you can set limits, by the way. You don't have to pay $80 per lead. You can say, I only want to pay up to $10 a lead, but then the system will limit the uh, gigs that you get. Like that is another way that they rank people at the top is by how much you're willing to pay per lead. So I have it kind of set in the middle of those ranges. <laughs> I once got asked to play a gig that I was unavailable for, but they didn't know that I was unavailable. You could set your availability in these things. And I didn't set my availability for that specific date. And it was like a five or six hour gig, which I probably wouldn't have taken anyway. I would have asked for a shorter duration or figured something out. But because it was such a long gig, they charged me 80 bucks for a gig that I wasn't even available in the first place. So that was a an expensive-ish lesson to learn. But um, anyway, so this specific art on the farm gig came from Thumbtack. I paid probably like 20 bucks for this lead. So 20 bucks turned into 426. You know, that is two, uh, I can't do math right now. So at least a 20 to one return on investment, um, which is great, by the way. That's, that's a great return on investment. If you think about the stock market, it returns 8% every year, roughly. And so being able to turn $1 into 20 for this gig, it's a pretty, pretty good return on investment. So they reached out and they said, you know, we are running this art in the farm uh, event once a month and we would love you to be the first one. It's like, awesome. So I called them. First, I responded in the Thumbtack app saying, yes, I am available. Here's how much I would charge for it. And actually, they said that they have a budget. They couldn't negotiate. Um, I would like more than 300 bucks for that. But, you know, it's you can't really negotiate when they they had a specific budget that was funded by the city. So there was no wiggle room, which was totally fine. I'm new to Colorado, so I'm willing to, you know, grind it out and do some things that don't really scale to get the word out about what I do. All right. So I took the gig, uh, called, I, I responded to them saying, yes, I'm available. And then I called because you should always follow up as fast as possible in multiple channels and then chatted with the person in charge. She was very friendly. And it's from the way that we talked on the phone, she was already sold on my act. She'd watched my videos. So it was more just a like, yeah, we're, we're ready to go. I'm going to send you a W9 and get all your details because they are going to do direct deposit. So that's totally fine. We said yes. And then uh, as the day approached, we just followed up by asked for some more information about load-in. And then uh, on the day of, which is today, I drive and I can't find the farm. 
because it was like this tiny little alley in between a bunch of houses, one of which was the guy, the owner, his backyard, <laughs> which is it just there? I was expecting a really big farm with like wheat and corn, but this actually was just like a, a really big garden. And I met the organizer and the gate to get in was locked. So she had to call the owner of the, the farm. He came and unlocked the gate. I had all my equipment on a cart. So I've got my own PA system. It's got two speakers and mixer. And then I, I use like a wireless system for my mic and my electric violin. And so I put all that on my cart. And then I had to wheel my cart on dirt. And it was somewhat soft to dirt, not quite mud. But it was definitely tough to, to pull it in, in the mud as like, oh, I'm going to exhaust myself before the game even starts. But it was all good. Got it to my spot. There was a wooden stage that he literally had just built, which was super cool. <laughs> and I helped him put up a canopy tent on top of that stage so I wasn't playing in direct sunlight. He ran power out to me. I set up my speakers, my mixer, my backing tracks, and my violin. And then I just started playing. And being that it was the first Art on the Farm event of the season, it was fairly low attendance, but it was okay. It was intimate, like, I had an audience, people were listening, people were clapping, which as a private event musician, that is on the rarer side. Sometimes that still does happen. But at public events, you know, people are there to experience the art. And I'll admit, I think I feel what a lot of you feel at gigs, which is like that satisfaction that you're doing a good thing and the audience is appreciating it. And it, it does feel really good. So you guys got me there. I'll give in to public events are pretty cool if you make sure that you're getting paid a fair amount. So I played two sets. The first set was like an hour and 10 minutes, took a 20 minute break, and then played my final set for an hour and a half. And a couple of people came up, gave me tips. I had my violin case at the foot of the stage to accept tips. And uh, my wife actually stopped by, which was really sweet. She gave me my first dollar. So actually it was $125, not $126. Uh, but then throughout the rest of the second set, people came and gave tips. And then at the end of the gig, actually, before I get to the end of the gig, I did want to share for my second set, I did set up a tripod and my DSLR camera because, as you know, one of my previous episodes was entitled Record Everything. So I had my camera on a tripod and I recorded my second set, which was awesome because there were some songs in there that I don't have videos of. So when I have time, I'm going to put those videos on YouTube and my Instagram and my new TikTok channel, which by the way, check out my TikTok channel. Extreme Strings is the name and I'd love to follow you back. So yeah, I'll put some videos on those channels. And then at the end of the gig, that's when a bunch of people came up and said, yeah, you were awesome. We loved your songs. And that's when I got my tips, which was really cool. I did not ask for them. Like I didn't get on the mic and ask. I just didn't feel like that would be appropriate. But uh, one person came up and said, hey, I run this business group and we do a, a Christmas, like a holiday luncheon, and we would love to, you know, start the conversation about that. It is currently April 29th. And she's like, yeah, are you available December 12th or whatever? <laughs> I was like, I don't have anything on the books for December yet, but book me now before I start booking it up. So I gave her my card, got her contact information. We'll follow up there. So this is how public gigs can turn into private events, which I think that is a strategy I have not used much, but I think I want to try out more, more public events 
for that. And then the owner of the farm, him and I chatted uh, a lot afterwards. He was actually encouraging me to get my real estate license because he's a real estate broker. Sounds like a fun idea, but um, I've got a lot on my plate as it is. And then he is the one who said, like, before I forget, I want to give you this. And he handed me a crisp $100 bill, which made it the $125 plus $1 from my wife tip that I got. So all in all, a great first public gig experience in Colorado. I played a bunch of private gigs before in Colorado, but this was my first public one. I don't have any more public shows on the books, but I don't know. I'm open to the idea. I'm kind of getting sold on it. And if you uh, guys think I should play some more, reach out to me. Let me know. Um, follow me on TikTok. Extreme Strings of the one for my electric violin act. And a full-time musician is the TikTok for, you know, Full-Time Music Academy. So follow me there and shoot me a message if you think I should play more public gigs. I want to know what you guys think. Are they as fun as they, you guys say they are? Let me know and perhaps I'll be playing a bunch more public shows. But that doesn't mean... I'm not going to stop. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop focusing on private gigs because those pay really well. But I don't know. I guess I feel I understand why you guys like them so much. So there you go. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, helping me think through what just happened, which was really fun, really great. And I'm glad you guys tuned in. So thanks for tuning into another episode of the Gigging Musician Podcast. Remember, you are just one gig away. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Gigging Musician Podcast. If you liked this episode, then please take a screenshot on your phone and tag me and post on Instagram, letting me know what you liked about this episode and let me know what you would like to hear in future episodes. That will help me serve you better. Also, I would love to invite you to my upcoming five-day full-time music challenge. Just give me five short days and I will show you a step-by-step -step plan to make real consistent income with your music. It's totally free and you can register on fulltimemusicchallenge.com. That's fulltime, one word, no dash in between, fulltimemusicchallenge.com. Thanks again and I hope to see you in my next challenge.